If anyone needs to say for this, plenty of svarim. All right, Steve is going to announce our, our sponsors for tonight. Uh, Subscribe to Chaim Rabinstein for Yemen for Moshe Neil Tzvi and Zehavah. Mendy Morgenstern for sponsoring. I said Chaim Rabinstein. Jerry Applebaum in honor of Jacob Applebaum's appointment as a third grade Rebbe. Oh, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. No, that's good. Very good. Yeah, or Chodesh. Sure. Or Chodesh. Is that the same thing? Yeah, we're going to learn the PHH next. Yeah. Yeah, all, of, all of this gets posted online. Oh, really? That's cool. Hey, we can do all our action all night long. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, Korobkin, in honor of Rabbi Silver, for always being there for us and enhancing our book Steve's going to Florida for Sukkis now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and now Steve will announce the sponsors. <laughs>
Right. All right, Chavra. A good, a good Nerev Shabbos. A good Nerev Shabbos. And of course, a tremendous, tremendous Yashkoch. Thank you, Tzvi, for the beautiful, beautiful spread. Mamish gets French fries. We need French fries. All right. I don't think they they don't think they had French fries in uh, in Piaget's, no? but you know what? Whatever, it's it's nothing wrong. New world, new time. You can do it. You do have a deep fryer. Use it. Use it. You have access. Use it in bad health. <laughs> the keys to the kingdom are yours. All right, Chavra. Good night, Shabbos. Sheshkoch again to all of our sponsors. Sheshkoch to see for the beautiful spread. And what a schuss it is, Baruch Hashem, on Erev Shabbos Shuva. Erev Shabbos Shuva. To be here together, to be able to learn the Torah of the Rebbe. So mostly we are picking up tonight. And it's just incredible. You know, originally when I had scheduled these shiur, I mean, this is our regular Thursday night Chabura. But I thought like over these weeks, I was really going to focus a little bit more. First of all, I say, we should have enough svarim if anyone needs. There's still more svarim. I also put out the PDF on the chat. So you can see it. You can see it on the chat as well. But again, it's everything. Everything is here. So I'll say, so it's just interesting. Everything is hashkoch pratis. So it's interesting how when I was uh, going to do this year, so my, my kavano ultimately was to do something, you know, related to the Yomim Noraim on the Piagets, no Yom Kippur, Aseris Mechuva. And then what's amazing, as you're going to see tonight, is, is exactly where we're up to, exactly where we're up to. Tell you to come sit over here. Right? So exa- exactly where we're up to is mamish like, is mamish like, so perfect for the time in which we're in, for the Amim Nara in preparation for Shabbat Shub and Yom Kippur. So we'll say, let's begin. We actually began this section last week. We are picking up on page 51. Page 51. So the Rebbe writes as follows. It says, Person has to be very careful. Person has to be very vigilant with fixing their midos. We'll say in this context, midos means your interpersonal behavior. Your interpersonal behavior. They will say this is incredibly important because unlike Rosh Hashanah, unlike Rosh Hashanah, where the focus is very much on our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Rosh Hashanah is really a ben adam lemakom. Right? I carnate Hashem, I align my will with Hashem's will, I accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu upon me. It's true, when you look in the Svarim, there is a lot that's written about what type of midos a person should maintain over the course of Rosh Hashanah. Mishnah Barib himself brings down, he says a person should be careful not to get angry over Rosh Hashanah. A person should be careful not to get angry in general, but Lamaisa on Rosh Hashanah, very simply not to get angry. But Rosh Hashanah really, in its essence, is a yamtiv between us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What's fascinating to note is when the yamtiv of Yom Kippur comes, Yom Kippur places a very heavy emphasis on Ben Adam Lachavero, on our interpersonal relationships as well. If there's someone that I've wronged, I have to ask forgiveness. If again, if there are people who I've who have mistreated again, I have to rectify that before I come into Yom Kippur. So just a fascinating shift, and it's incredible. So what is the Rebbe teaching us tonight? The Rebbe says, person has to be very careful with Demidos. First, has to be very careful with their behaviors, their character traits. The truth is, we all have midos, we all have character traits that need work. That need work, right? For some of us, it's a particular struggle in an area. And for others of us, it struggles in multiple areas. There are multiple midos that I struggle with. The Rebbe says, I have to work hard 
to rectify my midah. So we'll say, I just want to point out the godless in this, just in the beginning. You know, in, in I, I think very much like in, in contemporary society, it's very much like there's like a mindset that you just have to accept people how they are and people are just allowed to be how they are. And in Yiddishkeit, in Yiddishkeit, that's not true. In Yiddishkeit, there's a recognition that I have to work on myself to try to become the best version of myself. So if I have certain character traits that are flawed, and I will say, I want to point out, sometimes those character traits, for example, are no fault of my own. There are people who are born with a predisposition to anger, right? Just like there are people who are born with predispositions to addictions. There are, there are, there are predispositions to certain behaviors, certain character traits. So that might be true, but I'm still obligated to work on it to perfect it. There, in Yiddishkeit, there's no concept that the, I am who I am, like love it or leave it. This is it. This could be I am who I am. And maybe Yachash Baruch created me this way. What's flawed? What's broken? And what needs to, give, and what needs to be fixed? And the Rebbe says, the more broken something is, the harder you have to work on it to fix it. We'll say the words sound so elementary, but think about this just a moment. Think about if you have anything any midos or any characters or any behaviors that you know are broken inside of you that you've given up, you've given up working on. I think we all have that. Things that I know that are broken, but um, I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. I'm just, I'm just, it does, again, I'm working on other areas, but right now I've made like a conscious decision that I'm going to leave this particular character trait to this particular behavior in a state of disrepair. I don't mean state of disrepair for now and I'll get to it later. I mean like, I've, I've been miyayish on it a little bit. Piaget says you can't do that. If something is broken, you have to fix it. And the more broken it is, the more you have to work on fixing it. And recognize that even when you try to fix it, you may or may not be successful immediately. But even if you fail, right, you just have to keep trying until you're able to rectify that which is broken. And the Bijan says you need strategies. Strategies. You have to create, let's say, this, this, I mentioned this last week as well. This idea that Piazetzna says, it started before the Piazetzna, Tramchal, right? In the introduction to Mesilas Yisharim, says a line. That when you read it, it feels like, um, what do you call it? Like, you know, like when you're a kid, you're on the monkey bars, you fall down, like right, like right on your tush, and like you can't breathe. What do you call that? Get the wind knocked out of you. Get the wind knocked out of you. Okay. I don't know why I chose that, Marshall, but right, but okay. Right, but it's like, because I think every kid, I think every kid experiences that, right? Yeah, you have like the wind knocked out of you. So, 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 so he makes a comment. He says, life is a war, life is a milchama. And like, you read that, and it's like, what? No, 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 don't, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. My goal is I want life to be relaxing, right? That's my goal. I want life to be easy. And I'm going to try to do as many life hacks that I can, both materially and spiritually, to make life as easy and comfortable as possible. And it comes from Chal and says, no, that's incorrect. Life is uncomfortable. Life is uncomfortable. And how do you know if you're living a good life? 
the more uncomfortable, only Jews say stuff like this, right? The more, the more uncomfortable you are each and every day, the better the life that you're leading. So, but one second, but let's, let's, let's digest it a little bit. Let's digest a little bit, right? The Ramchal says, the Ramchal says, because think about it for just a moment. If a person, generally in life, if you're totally comfortable with everything, that generally means you're not working on something. The Ramchal says, there's always a Muhammad. There is always a battle to be waged. Does it mean I'm waging a battle every single day? Not necessarily. But there is always a war to be fought. There is always a battle to be waged. You might decide, I'm taking the day off. That's fine. The war didn't go anywhere, right? The war is still there. The war is still there. The war is still going on. Life is a mulchama. Life is, I'm going to say, and this is so important because I think what happens so often in life is people, when they encounter challenge, how do most people react to challenge, life challenge? Do most people react to life challenge? Run away, good. Avoid. Stress out, right? It's anxiety provoking. So why is challenge so anxiety provoking? Because I think deep down, it goes against our core expectations of life. In other words, my core expectation of life is that everything should flow smoothly. All the pieces should fit together. Life should follow the plan and unfold as I want it to unfold. And when that doesn't happen, that's anxiety-provoking. Now, listen, but you understand the problem? The problem is the whole premise is flawed. The whole premise is flawed. The premise that life is supposed to be relaxing, life is supposed to be beautiful, life is... is that a knife or two forks? It's two forks. Okay, good. Yeah, no, it's not, not violating yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> because we have a no, strict no-knife no policy. Uh, <laughs> Even this, this is... This is, this is, this is Zevi, we're talking about Sorry, struggle. Uh, we're talking about oh, struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little come on. <laughs> Yeah. You want it, if you want it, you go now. for it. You it's go for it. No second fork for you. No uh, second fork for you. Do what you have to do. It's Muhammad. <laughs> so, it's going to be edited out. No, if only we had video. It's going on 60 seconds now. So, 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 so this, I think, is an incredibly important you sold. So that Amchal tells us, readjust your expectations of life. Life is not supposed to be easy. And I will say, to be clear, life is beautiful and life is incredible. But what makes life beautiful and incredible is when I meet the challenges. Right? I will say, think about it for just a moment. Your best moments of life, I, I, you'll tell me if you agree with this statement. For me, my best moments of life are not when you're on vacation. Those are nice. It's enjoyable. Those are not the best moments of life. The best moments of life is when you navigate through something complicated and you come out whole and you come out better and you come out holier on the other side of things. It's just like, think about when you have a great day. When you have a great day, it's not, oh, everything was quiet today. It was a great day. That's not a great day. A great day is like when you're stressed to your kishkas, it's nonstop action and you accomplish. You can look back and you say, wow, I did this, I did this, I did this. I can't see straight. I'm exhausted. I can't go anywhere. But that is a good day. Think about that for just a moment. Vacations are wonderful and vacations are beautiful and incredible memories and they are very enjoyable but those aren't the pinnacles of simcha in life the pinnacles of simcha is when you fight the mochama and you win and you win that's simcha 
Life is a battle. And the Sunnah Muslim, and this is why, again, this, this is one of the most important things to, to teach our children. I've spoken about this many times. This is the whole disservice of like giving every kid a trophy thing. You know, because then, what are you teaching kids? Oh, you, you always win. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you lose, you're a loser, right? And you're not a winner. And you're not a winner. And that's, and no, no, no. Chavra, chavra. It, is, it, is, it is very important. Sometimes in life, you're a loser. Sometimes in life, you lose. And there's not, no, no. When, and in that moment, you are a loser. I don't mean loser like you're a loser. I, 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 I mean like you, you, you are. You, I'm, I'm saying you, I, I got. It. I'm sorry. I didn't mean like that. I meant you've lost. You've lost. You are a loser in the current moment. Not like a loser, like a life loser. You are an episodic loser. An episodic loser. And Chevra, it's the most important lesson in life because of course you lose. Of course, by the way, one could even make the argument that maybe even you lose more often than you win in life, right? You, you lose more often. So again, if my whole premise of life is that it's comfortable, it's nice, it's serene, I always win, then when you, lo- when you lose, you don't know what to do with yourself. You, you, you don't know how to navigate. You're suddenly all lost. So the, so the, so the Ramchal says, life is a Muhammad. And as much as that statement knocks the wind out of you, kind of when you get back up, catch your breath a little bit and think about it, you know what, you're like, you're right. You're right. And now I feel empowered to really live because life is a mochama. And if I get my stuff together and I'm able to get my act together, then I can wage that battle and I could be successful at least some of the time. The Piagetna says the same thing. The Piagetna says you have something broken inside of you, which we all do, which we all do. <coughs> so the Yisoda life is not say, oh, well, oh, well, at least there's a lot of really nice stuff that's not broken. If there's something broken, fix it. Fix it. Ah, oh, but it's so hard. Yes. Yes, it's so hard. Because everything in life that's meaningful is hard because life itself is hard. Life is a mochama. But how do you win battles? How do you win battles? Winning battles requires strategies. Affecting change in life requires strategy. Right? We know this. We'll say a person says, okay, I'm going to change. We've all had moments like that, right? I'm going to change. Whatever the change, I'm going to change, right? And you're ready, and you're, I'm you know, to change, and I'm ready, and I pump myself up, and it's great. And then what happens? Then what happens? Like a day later, I'm doing the same stuff. It's not because I'm lazy, not because I don't care. It's because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a strategy. You can't win wars. You can't win battles without a strategy for success. The, the Piaget goes on. He says, Ube'ikr, it is incredible. Piazesla says, the most important thing is look for the obstacle that's preventing you from making change. So say, there's so many different pieces over here. There's number one, the idea that life is a war, right? And oh, I have to wage that battle. What's the battle? The battle to fix the things that are broken inside of me. So of course, Number one, the, the, the Piazzetta doesn't even have to say it because it's obvious and intuitive. I have to be courageous enough to identify what's broken inside of me. Okay? I have to make a strategy then to fix that which is broken. I will say, listen to this kunz over here. I have to identify what are the impediments, hurdles, and obstacles to affecting life change. There's always something in the way of change. Isn't that incredible? There's always something, there's always some obstacle, there's always some life boulder in the way of change. See, even if I'm ready, right? Even if I take all the steps, I identify what I want to change, if I want to work on, I'm ready to wage the battle. I create a strategy. There's always that thing that's preventing change 
from occurring. So the Piyazetzna says, if I don't identify that, right, if I don't identify the mania, the obstacle, the impediment, the hurdle, and you have to remove the impediment. In other words, I could be willing to wage the battle, I could have the strategy to be successful in the war, but if I don't remove the hurdle, I can't get anywhere. I can't get anywhere. So we'll say, this is it. This is it, we'll say. So again, I was finding out, you wondered why it's taking us so long to get the safer. I timed this perfectly. I wanted to do this piece on Erev Shabbos Shuva, right? Because I will say, think about this. This is the blueprint for Shuva. This is the blueprint for Shuva. Number one, accept the premise that I am imperfect. I mean, you shouldn't, don't accept that I'm imperfect. You accept that you're imperfect, right? <laughs> all accept, accept the premise that I'm imperfect. There are things that are broken. I have to do battle. I need a strategy for battle. And there are obstacles to change that I have to identify. That's it, Osai. That, that is the whole playbook for change. That's the whole paradigm for change. Of course, it's easy to read it. It's much more <laughs> difficult to execute. But that's the Yisod, Say This is the blueprint for change. Look at the Piaget. It says, Osai, this is why this is my level. Look at what he writes. He says, and if at first you don't succeed, try again. And look, so say he builds this in. Why does the Rebbe build this in? Why does he build this in? Because he wants to be real. Because I will say a lot of times, even when you're, you know, I'm ready to change, I, I, I follow all the steps, and yet it still doesn't work. Okay. Sometimes it takes time in life to turn things around. So if you don't succeed at first, don't give up. Just keep on trying. Rabbi, 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 yes. Steps again. I'm sorry. Uh, step number one. Step number one is accept the premise that life is a battle. Step number two, identify the things that are broken inside of you. Step number three, create a strategy to fix those broken items. Step number four, identify the impediments, obstacles, or hurdles to change. Step number five, remove the obstacles, impediments, and hurdles. And the truth is, step number six is usually... When you fail, repeat. <laughs> right? I will say, but this, but this is it. But that is, it's so important to build that into the process, right? That's what the rabbi does. <laughs> right? Repeat. Repeat. Because most probably, you are not going to be successful with it the first time. I will say, can I just ask you, is it not liberating to hear the rabbi tell us, you will fail? You probably won't get it right the first time. Probably won't get it right the first time, right? Wow. It like removes like a million pounds off my shoulders. Because part of the anxiety of tshuva is like the feeling that I need to get this right now. And if I don't, I'm a big loser, right? That's the big loser, right? I, I am, I'm a big, right? In every way. And the PSS says, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're a human being. Change is hard. Change is difficult. Change often takes many repeated tries. So step number six is simply repeat. He goes on. He says, And I both say, yes. Is there a step Yeah, did I skip? Did I skip that? Yeah. People don't even know. It's so ingrained in you that you're doing. You don't even think that what you're doing. Right. Correct. So remember, and Chami is saying good, but I, I'll tell you what I would say. This. Remember, we are a chabura learning b'nei machshavatova. So the truth is, if there's one thing that the Rebbe has taught us, it's the key to everything in life. 
is self-awareness. You're right. If you're lacking that, this, this doesn't do anything, right? All of this presupposes that I'm a self-aware enough person to know that something's broken. Maybe I don't know what's broken, but to be self-aware enough to know something is broken. You, you are 100% correct. You know what's broken, how do you identify the factors that are preventing you from fixing it? No, no, so I'm saying step number one, self-awareness says, as a human being, something is broken. Right? Then I have to figure out what's broken. I, I don't think for most of us, it's such a difficult thing to find out, figure out what's broken. Right? I think most of us know what's broken. No, Chevro? Anyone here have a difficulty finding what's broken inside of them? What? Just ask how I right? That was Adam Edelman. Adam Edelman. Adam Edelman. <laughs> I think what you're saying is sometimes... You know what you know, and you don't know what you know. You don't know what you don't know. So like a house, the wall is rotting in between, and the drywall, the wood is rotting, and the siding is all known that. Right. 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 You're 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 but maybe there's still more stuff that I don't know. Wow, what a spot to be in in life. That's incredible. That's incredible. I, I think there's so much to do. I think all of us know the areas in which we're broken. Which are broken. But yes, it definitely requires... Everything presupposes a degree of self-awareness. Sometimes we fail in this process, right? Step number six, repeat, because it didn't work out the first time. Things cannot work for a variety of reasons, right? Sometimes things don't work because I didn't have enough resolve. Things don't work. But he says, sometimes things don't work because I had the wrong strategy. Right? Sometimes the strategy didn't work. So the Piazetna says, if you have the wrong strategy, swap it out for something else. What's the most important part? Don't leave the battlefield. Don't leave the battlefield. Right? In other words, failure, this is incredible. Failure is not failing in the process of self-improvement. Failure is defined by leaving the battlefield. That's giving up. It's incredible, right? In other words, we look at failure as definition of failure is I tried to accomplish something. That which I wanted to accomplish did not materialize. That is a failure. That's not a failure. That's a resounding success. You've put in the effort. You've worked the steps. You've done what you're supposed to do. It didn't work out. Okay, repeat. Failure is when you walk away. Failure is when you leave the battlefield of life. Failure is when you say, I am no longer trying. That's failure. So the, improvement. Say it again, Chaim. Improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm saying failure is room for improvement. Absolutely. Because I think you're saying, good, every single time you fail, you're still one step closer to ultimate success. Because every failure brings its own lessons, brings its own ideas, brings its own realizations. Absolutely. But we'll say, look at the next paragraph. Page 51, second paragraph. We'll say this is incredible. He says, And we'll say, and I think this goes to your point as well. Introspection. Introspection. Really trying to understand myself in a better way. Like looking and trying to understand who I am and what I am. He says, It is so important, I will say, for us to look at our behaviors. Why do I behave the way I behave? And look at this, I will say, this is incredible. You see, so what the PSG is also highlighting over here, I will say, is that sometimes, sometimes, 
excuse me, in the process of change, part of the reason, or sometimes one of the reasons why we're not successful is because we're looking at behaviors and not at causes. Right? I'm looking, so I, I look at change as behavioral modification as opposed to going to the root of why I do the things that I do. So the Piaget says, if I have a mida that is negative, I have a character trait that is negative, how, however you're defining that, it's not just as, okay, this is a bad mida, let me stop. If I'm really going to affect change, I have to understand, why do I behave that way? Why, why do I behave in that negative way? He says, Ki, look at this, this is incredible. You could have two people who have the same bad character trait, the same bad mida. For example, Shalka'as the Mashal. He talks about anger. Well, so anger we know is a very destructive, very destructive character. The Gemara Masechah says, a person who's angry, it's as if he worshipped Avodah Zarah. Anger is tantamount to idolatry. We all understand that because when you're angry, you often lose control and can end up doing things that you would have never thought in a million years you would have done. That total loss of control, that total, that total almost like even recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in those moments is tantamount to, to, to Avodah Zarah, to idolatry. So we'll say, let's take anger, right? We'll all agree, anger, bad. Anger bad. Watch this. He says, let's say, so let's say you have two guys, Reuven and Shimon, right? Reuven and Shimon, right? And they both, they both struggle with anger. They both struggle with anger. Okay. If they don't introspect and try to understand the root of the anger, it's going to be difficult to affect change. For example, and if they look inside of the introspect, they'll be able to see the seed. They'll be able to see the source. Where, where does the anger come from? Where does the negativity come from? If I know what the cause is, then I can fix it. Right? If I understand where the anger stems from, then at the end of the day, I have the ability to fix that which is broken inside of me. And I will say, he gives an example over here. He said, anger itself could come from so many different sources. Now, he doesn't mention this, but of course, there is such a concept that a person is hot-headed. Let's say there are people who just have a short fuse. And it's not because their parents didn't love them or their teachers didn't this. Just some people have a predisposition to anger. It's just, again, people have different emotional makeups. You could have someone who's just like, for whatever the reason, how can the Shabbat who created me with this temperament? Right? I, nothing, my life is great. Nothing happened to me. This is just the negative trait that I have. Okay, so I have to fix it. But then there's another kind of person. He says, says, for example, you can have a guy who gets angry, right? So the way his broken kite manifests itself is anger. But anger is not actually his problem. What's his problem? Gaiva. Arrogance. Arrogance is his problem. The arrogance manifests itself in anger. But it's not actually an anger problem, it's an arrogance problem. He says, Kevan, Shekol b'nei Adam, Mira be'enav kikofim. Listen to this. He's, for this guy, he's such a balgaiva, so, so arrogant, that everyone in his eyes is like a monkey. In other words, there are no intelligent beings in this world. You know that guy? 
Right? We all know that guy, right? Right? There's no one intelligent except me. I am the only intelligent being. So what happens? A guy walks around the world thinking that he's the only intelligent being. Everyone else is just an animal around him. If you think you're the only intelligent, you know, you know, being in this world, you get angry, annoyed, and fed up with everyone around you because you just feel that they're incompetent imbeciles. How does that manifest itself? Anger. Okay? But interestingly enough, this is fascinating. It's not an anger problem. It's a gaiva problem. It's an arrogance problem. He goes on, he says, Listen to this, Jose. So you can see, so you see a guy like this. He's got like this. You tell him, you know what? Ruvain, you have a real anger issue. You need to sit down and learn Musr about the destructive nature of, of anger. Here's Raman Hochos Deus. He's going to learn a cover to cover. say, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Nothing. Why? Because you're not addressing the core issue. Because the core issue is not anger. The core issue is arrogance. He says, Because remember again, everybody gets angry at different times. In other words, a person might not have an anger problem at all, but yes, sometimes they get nostril flaring mad. Right? It could happen. It could happen. So you see, so what do you see from that? You see from that that not every time a person gets angry doesn't mean that they have an anger problem. So we'll say this is so incredibly profound. So here, before you learn the Piagetsna, Ruven was getting angry all the time. We say, anger, Ruven, you have a kas issue. You need to work on your kas. The Piagetsna says, well, one second. How do you know he has a kas issue? Ruben's got to introspect. Ruben's got to try to figure out, well, what is it that triggers the cost? Well, you know what? When Ruben's on the couch, right, speaking to his therapist, you know what comes out? What comes out is I, it, people's stupidity drives me bonkers. I can't take being around stupid people all the time. They're saying stupid things, doing stupid things. I feel like I'm always just me and Akhilish Baruch in this world. We're the only intelligent beings in this universe. They're like, wow, okay. Right? You don't have a cost issue. You have a gaiva issue. You have a gaiva issue. But the only way to get to that, I will say, is how? Is to introspect and to do the inner work. He goes on, he says, the Itakinis Midas Gava. So, Vishavarapelo. So, we'll say, a guy like this, we'll call him Ruvain. So, Ruvain, once he goes ahead and he identifies what the issue is, he can do real work. So, suddenly again, he's about Gaiva. It's not about Kasi, he's about Gaiva. Once I know that it's Gaiva, okay, now I know it's broken. Once I know it's broken, Ultimately, again, I can go ahead and get to work. This is incredible. Same thing could be true. Let's say you have a guy who's a Baal Gaiva. Right? So now we'll say case two, right? Case two. Ruvain is so arrogant. So arrogant. Always, all the time. Right? Always, all the time. So what happens? Not Ruvain, not Ruvain. Hypothetical, hypothetical. Hypothetical, right? Yes, He's just Ruvain, just always my go to personality. Yesh, let's do this. Yesh Mishu Baal Gaiva Ba'emes. We'll say there could be someone who's real Baal Gaiva. A real Baal Gaiva. Yeah, just totally, just totally arrogant. The Yesh Mishu Sibas Gaiva Sohi, She'eno Nimsa Ben Anoshim Gidol Mimenu. Viaf Im Nimsa Menem, Enio Des Gidolasam. I will say, you know why sometimes people become Balagaiva? This is incredible. You know why they become Balagaiva? Because they're not exposed to people greater than themselves. And so, you know, listen, if you're hanging out with a certain, with a certain Hevra, maybe you are the smartest guy in the group. Right? Maybe you are the most pious guy in the group. So if all I'm doing is surrounding myself by people who are either at my level or lower, 
you can become a Balgaiva. And I will say, not because I want to be a Balgaiva, but because, again, I'm kind of not put in my place by anyone who is greater than me. So I will say, here's another, just another example. So you have a person who, who manifests with arrogant behavior. So what's his problem? What's his problem? Possibility one is that he really suffers from a case of gaiva. Maybe he just has an inflated sense of self, an inflated ego. Other possibility is he, just the nature of his life is such that he is always the smartest guy in the room because he's just not exposed to other types of great people. He goes on, So this guy thinks because he can learn a little bit, maybe learn the, more than the rest of his chevra, that he's a great tamad chacham. He thinks he's greater than everyone else. Now we'll say for a guy like that, so we'll say it's interesting. So in, in, in this case over here, we'll call him Ruvain, is a real Baal Gaiva. Shimon, on the other hand, is not a real Baal Gaiva. Shimon just doesn't have a well-rounded peer group. So the only people he's surrounding himself with are people who are either on a level like him or lower than him. As such, he goes through life thinking that he is the smartest guy, because maybe he is. Maybe he is the smartest guy in the rooms in which he is finding himself. So I'll say, so if a guy is an actual Balgaiba, there's a particular remedy for that, for Gaiba. But if it's just about the fact that he has the wrong kind of peer group, then what? What's the remedy for that? What's the remedy for that? Get a better peer group. Speak to people who are greater than you. I have to tell you, just an incredible, incredible maestro. I took this week, um, I took this week the boys, uh, the boys from YMC, Yeshivas Makar Chaim, where I'm involved. I took them to, uh, to Rav Arnfelden, to the Rashiv at Ner Yisrael. We did, we started it last year, and we do like a question answer, question answer period with the Rosh Hashiva. It's great. He's, it, is, it, is, it is the most incredible thing in the world to see like a group of high school boys with the Rosh Hashiva. Right? We don't appreciate it because we're in Baltimore, but like the Rosh Hashiva is one of the Gedol Yadar. Like, just again, you, 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 you could, and this is very important, agree with his views, don't agree with his views. It was like, great people are great whether or not you agree with their views or not. Right? It's, it's so, so, so she was said, I always get like a kick out of seeing the boys. So I told the boys this year, I told them with their I said, prepare questions because Rashiva, he loves it. Like he loves this. He does this with groups all the time and you could ask him anything. You could ask him anything. So let's listen to this. So one of the boys asked the, que- the following question. They asked him, they said, the question was worded like this. We know that the Rosh Hashiva grew up like us. That's what they said. Rashiva grew up like us. What was the turning point in the Rosh Hashiva's life that made him want to be the Rosh Hashiva? Good question, right? So Ivan Feldman, Ivan Feldman, he, he, he smiled and he said, I'll tell you exactly when. He said, I was 17 years old in TA. She went to TA. And Rabbi Samson was the principal. He said, Rabbi Samson's daughter, Rabbi Samson's daughter married a yeshiva bacha from the mir. But from the mir in Shanghai, right? From, from the altar mir, from the altar mir. And then Shiva said, he said, I remember I was a 17-year-old kid. And like, there were busloads of these bachrim from the mir yeshiva who came in. And then Shiva said, I had never seen B'nai Torah like this. I never saw people like this before. He said, the way they cracked jokes, he said, that was his expression, he said, the way they cracked jokes, the way they sang, the way they danced, the way they were besimcha, Rosh Hashiva said, they were a different kind of human being. And he said, in that moment, I said, 
I want to be like that. That was his turning point. Chasana, at 17 years old, I want to be like that. So I'm bringing this up because that was the first time in his life that he was exposed, right, to something other than what he had known. So suddenly again, you're exposed to something other than what you had known. Like, wow, you know what? I, I thought it was here. And now I see someone and something totally different. I realize I'm not here and, and I, I want to get there. I want to get there. And that's the Piagetzna saying, sometimes a person can be a Balgaiva, not because they're suffering from, you know, you know chronic, you know, gaivakitis, right? But, 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 because, but because just like, they're just hanging in circles of mediocrity. So it's easy to feel like you are like the king of the jungle when you hang around with mediocre people. Right? All you need to do to feel like a tzaddik when you hang around mediocre people is just do a smidge more, a little bit more than what everyone else is around you is doing. And suddenly, you are art scroll biography material. Right? That, that's, that's all you need to do. Just a little bit more. So suddenly, again, you're, 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 you're a Balgaiva. But not because you're, guy, not because you're really a Balgaiva, but because you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. So again, the Balgaiva, who's really a Balgaiva, he's going to have to work on that Midah. The Balgaiva, who will call this more like a situational Balgaiva, he's going to have to surround himself with different people. So I will say, what the Piaget, what the Rebbe really gives us, and we're going to stop over here for tonight, but what the Rebbe really gives us is just something absolutely and, and overwhelmingly amazing, which is just this idea. So again, we go through all of the multiple steps I went through before, right? I recognizing and accepting that life is a battle and a willingness to give up the illusion that life is supposed to be comfortable and easy and a willingness to embrace that life is a constant, consistent, ongoing battle. A willingness to engage in that battle. A willingness to identify the things that are broken and a willingness to confront those things. Creation of a strategy to be able to go ahead and tackle those things. Identify the roadblocks. Be willing to remove the roadblocks. And then repeat. And when you repeat, sometimes you change strategy. Sometimes you change the media you're working on. When you pivot, you have to pivot in all different ways. The icker, the icker, ultimately is don't leave the battlefield. But when looking at our negative midos, and this, I think this is the mistake, and that's why for many of us, I just admit this, I know for me, it's interesting and it's very sobering that I find myself struggling with the same things. There's good news and bad news, right, for Shmuel Silber, right? What's the good news? The good news is I'm highly predictable because it's been the same struggles. It, I, could, I, could, I could say there's good news is Right? There's no new struggles that have presented themselves in my life. Nothing new, right? No real new Yetzirahs, no real new Taivas. No, the bad news is all of the old ones are still there. Right? In other words, they, they, they haven't gone anywhere. So nothing new. But so, so then when I ask myself, so why is, like, I don't understand, so what is it? Why, why am I not getting traction on those things? And I will say, I realize what the Rebbe is teaching us tonight because often what we do is we attack behaviors instead of causes. And when you just try to modify a behavior, you might be successful for a certain amount of time. And there definitely is a concept of behavioral modification in Yiddishkeit. Change your behaviors and you'll feel a certain way. That could work. What the Piagetzna is advancing for us is a higher level. That when you identify that which is broken, look inside and try to figure out why is it broken? What's at the core? 
what's at the root of that which is misfiring in my life? And if I could really identify <clears throat> that cause root and address it there, address it there, not the behavior, but address the cause, then I have a real chance at success. No guaranteed success. No, because there's no guaranteed success in life but I have a greater probability of success. And if not the first time around, then maybe the 15th time around. Yes, Dov. So Rabbi, this morning, I'm going to need a shaman with the garden. There's so many of them. And I'm running through them. I want to take each one of them and do it. You just spoke about for the last 40 minutes. How do you do it? So, you do, so I'll tell you like this. Remember, that process doesn't have to work. Doesn't just doesn't have to be confined to the fourteen minutes we say slichus. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that. You know. You know that 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 goes kind of quickly. So so I just want to point out. Like you're right. You're right. The truth is, I would say, like in slichus, focus on one thing. And then carve out some other time during the rest of the day to do a little something else. And recognize, by the way, you're not going to get through everything, right? So it's so much better to sometimes constrict and narrow focus and say, here's what I'm going to focus on. I'll focus on it, right? Well, what, what, you know, in what areas have I rebelled against HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Let's just, let's go with Baganu. Hopefully already I'm past Aleph already, right? <laughs> right? So, so maybe hopefully I'm up to Bayes. You know, so we're, and, and focus like that. But again, it's not con- I think the mistake we make is we confine that process to davening. Davening goes quickly, right? And then you're off to your day. The process maybe is started during davening, but then at the end of the day, it has to follow into some other time as well. You have to find the cause. Have to find the cause. That, that's co- correct, <clears throat> correct. Can, just going back to Nehemiah's, the root can self-awareness be learned or taught what if I'm completely oblivious what if I'm it's almost like an existential question I don't know what I don't know I mean again I, I, I would like to think that if a person let's say ask a person right Ruvain right Ruvain again we say Ruvain right is there anything you have to do tshuva for Right? Oh, good. says, no, I'm good. I'm good. So I, I would like to think that if you say, Ruvain, take out a piece of paper and are there no areas in your life that could use improvement? I think a person who says no, that's, that, that's already like delusional. It's not, right? That, that, that's, and it's very hard. When a person is delusional, there's not much you could do with them, right? Because they're just living with a certain sense of cognitive dissonance and they're just detached from reality. So that, that there's nothing. I, I, don't, I don't know, the therapists are here. But I, I, I don't think there's anything to do with that. So you could have a person who's like, no, I think I'm okay. And then you're like, really? Like there's nothing you want to work on? Not one thing you want to work on? I think any person, even if he starts out with okay, is going to be able to assemble a list. And then usually the way it works is you write one thing, and then the one thing leads to something second, and so on and so forth. But could you have a person who is just so delusional that he can't find anything? I think so, no? It means he's guarded from, from taking a look at himself because it might be too painful. To, right. People really look at themselves. Right, that, that's, that's his problem. problem. That, and that's his problem. Right. Yeah. But if your question is like, could someone live life like that? Yeah, I think a lot of people live life like that. Right. At a certain point, you can't run. At a certain point, in other words, a person could run from their baggage, but at a certain point, like, everything catches up with you. Chevra. 
Tremendous shkayach. What a, what a way to go into Shabbos Shuvah. There is shir right next week. What's next week? There's nothing next week. Before Sukkot. Sukkot. Good Arab Yantif. Samir Sashem. Next Thursday night, we'll get in, we'll get in. Cholomai, we should try. Is, is when this, is every, we have all Thursday nights, right? Okay, so good. We'll aim for the sukkah, Mir Tzashem, for, uh, for doing Cholomai. All right, so we'll say, Shkoyach, a good night of Shabbos. What is Chospar, Kshat, Tzachem, Rebbe, Stora? Shvizoch, Mir Tzachem, 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 Tzach